Welcome to the Folktale Project. This is Dan Shawls. This week, we're headed back to the story of the Yellow Dwarf, and I started this off by warning you all that, well, it's a sad story of love and loss. And today, we're going to pick back up at the wedding of the King of the Gold Mines and Bellissima, the beautiful, if a little bit stuck up, princess. And of course, because things are going so well for them, it's going to get a lot worse. This is The Yellow Dwarf, Part 4. The queen and the princess were just ready to set out with the king when they saw, advancing towards them from the end of the long gallery, two great basilisks, dragging after them a very badly made box. Behind them came a tall old woman whose ugliness was even more surprising than her extreme old age. She wore a ruff of black taffeta, a red velvet hood, and a farthingale all in rags, and she leaned heavily upon a crutch. The strange old woman, without saying a word, hobbled three times round the gallery, followed by the basilisks. Then, stopping at the middle and brandishing her crutch threateningly, she cried, Ho, ho, queen, ho, ho, princess. Do you think you are going to break with impunity the promise that you made to my friend the yellow dwarf? I am the fairy of the desert. Without the yellow dwarf and his orange tree, my great lions would have eaten you up, I can tell you. And in fairyland, we do not suffer ourselves to be insulted like this. Make up your minds at once what you will do, for I vow that you shall marry the yellow dwarf. If you don't, may I burn my crutch. Ah, princess, said the queen, weeping. What is this that I hear? What have you promised? Ah, my mother replied Bellissima sadly. What did you promise yourself? The king of the gold mines, indignant at being kept from his happiness by this wicked old woman, went up to her and, threatening her with his sword, said, Get away, out of my country at once, and forever, miserable creature, lest I take your life and so rid myself of your malice. He had hardly spoken these words, when the lid of the box fell on the floor with a terrible noise, and to their horror out sprang the yellow dwarf, mounted upon a great Spanish cat. Rash youth, he cried, rushing between the fairy of the desert and the king. Dare to lay a finger upon this illustrious fairy. Your quarrel is with me only. I am your enemy and your rival. That faithless princess who would have married you is promised to me. See if she has not upon her finger a ring made of one of my hairs. Just try to take it off, and you will soon find that I am more powerful than you are. Wretched little monster, said the king. Do you dare to call yourself the princess's lover and lay claim to such a treasure? Do you know that you are a dwarf, that you are so ugly that one cannot bear to look at you, and that I should have killed you myself long before this if you had been worthy of such a glorious death? The yellow dwarf, deeply enraged at these words, set spurs to his cat which yelled horribly and leaped hither and thither, terrifying everybody except the brave king who pursued the dwarf closely till he, drawing a great knife with which he was armed, challenged the king to meet him in single combat and rushed down into the courtyard of the palace with a terrible clatter. The king, quite provoked, followed him hastily. 
but they had hardly taken their places facing one another, and the whole court had only just time to rush out upon the balconies to watch what was going on, when suddenly the sun became as red as blood, and it was so dark that they could scarcely see at all. The thunder crashed, and the lightning seemed as if it must burn up everything. The two basilisks appeared, one on each side of the bad dwarf like giants, mountains high, and fire flew from their mouths and ears until they looked like flaming furnaces. None of these things could terrify the noble young king, and the boldness of his looks and actions reassured those who were looking on, and perhaps even embarrassed the yellow dwarf himself. But even his courage gave way when he saw what was happening to his beloved princess. For the fairy of the desert, looking more terrible than before, mounted upon a winged griffin with long snakes coiled round her neck, had given her such a blow with the lance she carried that Bellissima fell into the queen's arms bleeding and senseless. Her fond mother, feeling as much hurt by the blow as the princess herself, uttered such piercing cries and lamentations that the king, hearing them, entirely lost his courage and presence of mind. Giving up the combat, he flew towards the princess to rescue or to die with her, but the yellow dwarf was too quick for him. Leaping with his Spanish cat upon the balcony, he snatched Bellissima from the queen's arms, and before any of the ladies of the court could stop him, he had sprung upon the roof of the palace and disappeared with his prize. And that is part four of The Yellow Dwarf. And as I warned, things take a turn at the wedding of the princess and the king of the gold mines. And really, things are going to continue to get worse for both of our hero and heroine. And, well, let's continue on Wednesday, shall we? This is Dan Scholes for The Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you'd like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you'd like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com, where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.